Which is, it's interesting given the quote-unquote gender wars and, you know, Black men divesting from Black women. I'm Mark. I'm Nick. I'm Sadie. And this is Letters to Podcast. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Letters to Podcast. I'm your host, Nick. Uh, Mark and Sadie's are out this week, but I'm not flying solo. Today, I'm joined by our friend Johnny over at the Black Boys Blitz Podcast. Please join me in giving him a warm welcome back to the show. Hey, y'all. I'm glad to be back. It's been a long time or whatever. Yes, <laughs> it has. It has been a while. So what are you? what have you been up to lately? Um, honestly... Trying to do the least. <laughs> I don't want to do that. anything. I barely want to work. I just want to rest. Mm-hmm. Like, good rest. <laughs> Substantial rest. Um, other than that, I'm, it's been a rough year. So I'm just trying to like get my mind together, find some sanity, and just be stress-free as possible. So that's what I've been doing. I, I I heard that, man. I I heard that we all could use a little bit of rest. If you, if being completely honest. <laughs> okay, so today uh, we have a bit of a, I guess you could say it's an interesting kind of fun topic. We're going to talk about um, the Respect for Marriage Act, or as Marcus liked to um, title this episode, uh, "Did Love Win." <laughs> <laughs> Did it win though? Uh, you know what? That's a, that's a really good question. Let's 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 dive into that. So, um, the end of last year, Congress and was able to successfully pass the Respect for Marriage Act, which basically redefined marriage as between uh, from from being one 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 man and one woman to recognize any marriages between two individuals that is valid under state law, and that basically includes same sex couples as well as interracial couples crazy how we had to add interracial couples into that like 50 years later from when interracial marriage was was um allowed or whatever prohibit uh back into the or added to the uh to the books because prior to that it wasn't but wow which is it's interesting given the quote-unquote gender wars and you know, black men divesting from black women, mm. right? And then let's talk about it. This, you have this, you know, law that's like, hey, no more mulatto kids. Sorry, right? <laughs> or like, right. hey, let let's protect some of y'all because again, this is, and I'm not gonna like speak ahead. This law is a decent step, and I'll say that. Yeah, but, but I think it's. It's the U.S. government, so I mean, what do you really expect? Well, you know, I th- I think about how long it took them to actually codify it on the state on the federal level, because yes, the Supreme Court ruled that same-sex marriage was the law of the land, or un- um, the denying it was unconstitutional mm-hmm. uh, back in what twenty fifteen. Yeah, <laughs> but um, none of no, they never Congress never took the steps at least not until recently, to actually protect those, those freedoms um, on the, you know, on the federal level. And the way this bill reads, it basically says, as long as your state recognizes your marriage, we'll recognize your marriage. Exactly. And I don't know if I really like that language. Um, and then another thing about the, the bill was that, or the law, I should say, is that it doesn't impact religious liberties or um, those sort of uh, protections, and it doesn't require religious organizations to provide goods or service to um, celebrate any type of marriage. So, um, I mean, that is par for the course, right? Yeah, it's like constitutional is code word for religious. There's no such thing as separating state and in, in religion, right? Like, that's like that whole phrasing is bullshit. Everything is ran by 
this white supremacist version mm. of the Bible. Mm. That so evangelical, I, like <laughs> really bullshit, right? Yeah. And even though the the bill is a good step, right? But like mm-hmm. you said, if your state allows it, then you good. So mm-hmm. why not push for full equality, right? In all I mean, states, you know, full equality in all states. Create language that recognizes those marriages as not being something that's an anomaly or right. something that's weird. like, can we normalize? Yeah, exactly. Cause it's really just another way to, I don't know. It, it, it's such a weird, it's such a weird um, way of saying, okay, well we recognize your marriage. That's, that's, that's fine. You're, you're, you're able to get married, blah, 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 blah. But I don't think that they really fully support these people wanting to get married and have the same protections and freedoms as your typical heterosexual mm-hmm. couple. And then let's talk about the sanctity of marriage because apparently that's at stake. Let conservatives tell it. Um, the sanctity, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, the sanctity like, of it. so I guess we should just go over like, is there a, <laughs> scripture about the sanctity of marriage like what exactly is the sanctity of marriage because even in the bible and in many christian religions and denominations mm-hmm. some of that shit don't look the water ain't clean so <laughs> right so even saying what the sanctity of marriage is it's like again it's code word for man and woman if right. you ask me. And as long right. as those white men and women do what they want to, then everyone else is supposed to follow lead. And I think exactly. that's the 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 bullshit. Oh, totally. I mean, even during during slavery, they wouldn't allow enslaved people to get married. They wouldn't recognize those marriages. That's literally why we have the the black people have the cultural tra- tradition of jumping the broom. Because that was our way of, you know, of, of affirming our commitments to one another. And the fact that we had to do that, you know, it clearly shows the um, white supremacist uh, component to how our country has for so long defined marriage as between one man and one woman. And even, and now I don't, it, it's it's funny because if you look at the population statistics and the projections going forward, we're starting to see a significant, and I say this all the time, we're starting to see a significant decline in the number of white babies being born. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no doubt that that is why they overturned Roe v. Wade last year. Um, population control. Exactly. You know, isn't that their whole... You know, we're trying to wipe out the white race. Exactly. And my whole thing is, why aren't y'all making babies? What they got to do with us? <laughs> they're not. They're not having babies um, at the same rate as I guess previous. No, but no one really is. No one's really having um, children at the same rate as in previous decades. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Um, it's just so expensive to try to have kids nowadays. I mean, there's um, multiple reasons why people yeah. may not want to have children. I mean, past trauma. Yeah. The government making it harder for all people to actually raise children, mm-hmm. especially in this country. And yeah. if you're someone of color, specifically black, I don't know if I would want to bring a child into this this world at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I it's like, I, <laughs> fuck them kids for like a <laughs> like, It's enough kids here. I'll be an uncle forever if i need to <laughs> yeah yeah it, it it it's but you know it takes a village you know that's how i look at it i don't necessarily have to have kids um myself but i love being able to help and support the children in my family and my friends children in any way that i can but i don't i think about that all the time now do i really want to have children is that something that's necessary because like you said the way that the country is being operated now, just just how the world is now. Because to be quite honest, it's really given in the days. <laughs> and it has been for a while, for a while. But yes. especially, 
nowadays. <laughs> yes. I mean, we've been in this global pandemic for the last three years. Um, the country, the, 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 the planet is dying. I mean, no one's taking climate change seriously. Um, and it's dying and it's also replenishing itself as well, which is wild, well, which makes yeah. sense, right? You see billions of gallons of water in California, like new forestation. Like the plan is like, okay, either y'all go chill or I'm not go chill. Exactly. I think <laughs> we're, humans are the common denominator in all these issues. And I think mm. the plan is like, yeah, we just need to wipe y'all out. Y'all need to go. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you know what? If and when it happens, let me just let it be peaceful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, don't, don't burn me up. Let me just wake up and be in, in heaven or wherever I'm going. <laughs> right. Right. Just take me out quick, painless. Let it just be. Right. Um, but getting back to the whole idea of the sanctity of marriage being at stake, I always found that to be a fascinating way of trying to deny other people the right to have uh, access to marriage. Because how often have we seen um, uh, conservative politicians who are against marriage equality get caught up in marriage scandals of their own, whether it's, you know, having multiple marriages that were unsuccessful or having secret mistresses and secret children or even engaging in, you know, same-sex trysts themselves. Yeah. You know, it's (laughs) very well documented and it's just, it's fascinating to me how they will continue to push against marriage equality. But I, I feel like a lot of laws in this country are created and structured to keep black and brown and other minority people at bay, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I remember seeing something online a few months ago. Somebody had asked, like, would you rather somebody be tell you that they're racist in your face or it'd be, like, oh, quiet yeah. and subtle? And I would agree. I would want somebody to be racist in my face. I would rather you say, we don't want you niggas to get married. Yep. Than making these laws that affect the land and you're doing the exact opposite of what you're making these laws be, right? You're doing the right, exact right. same thing as us, but you don't want the uh, the penalization for it. I would rather you just say, do what we say and not what we do and y'all deal with it. Right. But like, it, it's... So, how I feel about it, it's it's so complex, right? So, mm-hmm. for one, I've always felt that love has always won, specifically communally. Like you said, it takes a village. We've mm-hmm. always had a village around us. Queer people, Black people, queer Black people. Mm-hmm. We take care of ourselves, right? So, it's always won. It's, it always wins, and it will always win to the end of time. One of the main reasons why they hate and and try to like make us disappear is because they see that they see us loving on each other and being our authentic selves and mm-hmm. for some reason they feel like they can't access that yeah so instead of letting us be and trying to access that themselves they try to take it away from us but even through all the bullshit like we're going to have each other's back even though there's some in community fighting mm-hmm and I wish, you know, we, t- I wish we, we, like our parents would say, you know, not in front of company, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but when it comes down to it, we always love each other. We always have our community. And yeah. that's the biggest threat that they have is it, our community and us sticking up for each other. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said it's a threat. They perceive our ability to love on one another to uplift and affirm one another. And just like you say, be our, our most authentic selves. They see that as a threat and they should, because it is a threat. It is a threat to this, this farce, this travesty that is white supremacy. That is colonialism. That is um, capitalism to some degree. And um, all of the, and, and heteronormativity, none of that. These are all, a lot of these are, if if, we're, if we, if you want to be completely honest, these are all social constructs. These are all mm-hmm. um, systems that were created to 
um, su suppress the rights and uh, beliefs of other people, of, of different people, I should say, and specifically black and brown people and queer people. And everyone's kind of drank that Kool-Aid over the years. We've been forced to in many ways, but we drank that Kool-Aid and we seem to think that this is just the natural order. This is how people are supposed to be. Right. But I think we're waking up to the fact that that's not true. None of that is real. It's all, it's all, it's all a show. It's all, um, it's inauthentic to the human experience, in my opinion. Right. And I think when they see queer people, black people, black people, queer black people living their authentic selves, they fear that because they don't, they haven't gotten to a point where they're willing to explore their true selves and um, let go of these harmful systems that were never really designed to benefit anyone but a few people. Rich white men. Mm -hmm. a, mm -hmm. a few rich white men. Exactly. <laughs> Mind you. Exactly. Um, it's just, it's like this cognitive dissonance, right? Because a lot of this shit that white supremacy is based upon, if you had common sense, and this isn't a dig at anybody, right? Because right. again, systems make things happen. But it's always been this like, okay, Europeans come to this country, there's indigenous people here. They get rid of them, build a country, and say, oh, we found it. Like, you didn't see a whole race of people here already. Exactly. Right? It's just, it's wild, and it's ironic. Like, you don't want everyone to get married to each other. But then the wedding industry is a billion-dollar industry. So you, you're even willing to take a cut out of that. As long as black, brown, queer people don't get married. And I think that's very insidious because you know white people love money. Government loves money. Mm -hmm. Capitalism loves money. Mm -hmm. So it's like there's just this disdain that we have the answers to, but we really don't. Like, why do you really hate us that much? What is it? <laughs> Anything that we do that doesn't reinforce the system as it as it currently is or has you know previously existed is a is, is a is definitely a threat to that way of life. And I don't know if they just don't see a positive aspect of eliminating or dismantling some of these systems because they can't imagine what life would be like without them. Mm -hmm. um, I don't see how two people, regardless of their their gender expression or their sexual orientation, being in a committed relationship with one another and wanting to recognize and affirm that is a threat to you and your existence. Especially when so many of you all, and I'm speaking specifically to the people who are against um, marriage equality, so many of them make a joke of the whole concept of marriage. Um, and it's a, a blasphemous joke. Blasphemous <laughs> joke. They're only interested in, I guess, the benefits of it, mm -hmm. the 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 legal and financial benefits of it. Because for so social. long, and the social, yeah, the social component too. Because you know, for so long, marriage before I I, I think I read somewhere that marrying someone for love really became more normalized in the last century. So like. I want to say like the 1920s, around that time is when people really started getting married for love. Mm -hmm. But prior to that, it was all about, you know, what sort of assets can we consolidate if we get married? You know, what social um, benefits do I get from marrying this person? Mm -hmm. I mean, there was a whole population of people during the Gilded Age who... Um, uh, wealthy American women who, and this, 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 these were women who had just come into money. Their families had just come into money. They were being married off to European nobles so that they could acquire um, different, you know, positions in society. And these uh, European, the European nobility 
benefited from them financially because they were bringing the money to the relationship. Right. So it really wasn't about, oh, I love this person. I want to commit to this person and I want our shared commitment to be recognized um, legally so that anything that, you know, is that comes from this from this union is protected from a legal standpoint. Wasn't about that at all. Wasn't about that love at all. It was all about how does our families stand to benefit? How do our families stand to benefit from this union? And it's just interesting to me how we've gone from that to marriage should be about love. And even now we're still having a difficult time recognizing that people love in different, well, people are, yeah, people who love who they love. And it's not just having romantic feelings about for, for the opposite sex. That's not the only form of love, romantic love either. And even that has become a little bit more nuanced over the years because I'm I'm still learning things about gender and sexuality um, on a daily basis. Listen, we if all I'm being should, honest. Until, yeah. until we take our last breath, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's so interesting, like you said, people marrying for love has been like a thing recently. Mm-hmm. It has, but even capitalism has even grabbed onto that, right? Yeah. Because I love seeing black people in love. I love seeing I love seeing black queer people in love. But then there's like hashtag or like trademark black love, right? So even that has been commercialized. And yep. I think what people don't really, what I've been seeing is the people that I can look at and say, oh, they love each other. One, usually aren't on social media that much displaying their love to mm-hmm. everybody, which there's nothing wrong with that. But right. you know, there's people that make careers out of that. Yeah. They make names out of that, right? It's you a way of life. It's a, it's a, it's a job. Capitalism. Yeah. Capitalism. And then you see people who now all of a sudden people are all up in a, a uproar about open relationships and polyamory. First mm. off, polyamory has been around for ages. Forever. Like I said, when like, you know, I had aunties. I had an auntie who had two friends that I call aunties that all lived with each other and took care of us and fed us. I know what that was now. Mm-hmm. Right? This ain't nothing new. And then a lot of no shade. A lot of our parents were in open relationships and may not have known it. Yeah. See, the thing is, now it's called ethnically, ethnic, ethnically non-monogamous. Yes. So I guess their their partners are consenting to and allowing them to experience relationships, love, sex outside of their their union or their right. their relationship, but. How many of us have grandfathers and great grandfathers who have multiple families? They had, oh. they you have cousin. Oh, this is your cousin. Oh, but that's not so. That's not grandmother's. Um, that's not her son. No, that's not. That's his. That's your grandfather's son from his other. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay, got it. It, it can be very jarring too, because <laughs> to disclose, um, over the last two or three years, I've been trying to garner a better relationship with my parents mm-hmm. and last year when I tell you about 35 plus years of trauma was dumped on me wow. <laughs> uh, by a loved one and my and one of my parents and I'm still kind of spinning from it right yeah um so again this goes to show like we don't know sanctity of marriage is what we make it as long as it's not harming anybody, hurting any women, children, or, or dogs or cats, that's what it is, right? And I also feel like the people that I've seen that I feel like really love each other aren't necessarily ready to or want to get married by by the state. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, if you look at like Stedman and Oprah, those are the first people I can come up with. Yeah. <laughs> are they even a, like legally married? No. And I think Oprah said herself, she did not want to be married. 
That was not something that she ever yeah. wanted, but she wanted the companionship that comes with that. Which is and, fair, but also she's yeah. also been there. So it, exactly. it, it could be different if she was not the Oprah, you know? Exactly. And for so long, you know, let's, let's talk about that. Cause you know, I think for some of us, especially the, those of us who aren't necessarily wealthy marriage, and at least in the last century was one way of having that support um, to ensure that you, that you survived. Exactly. You know, I know for, our, especially for women, I think for, because of our society being so patriarchal and so anti-woman for so long, there was a period of time where women went from their father's house to their husband's house. And, and I guess they were under the protection of their father. And then they became under the protection, I use protection in air quotes, of their husband. And basically are not allowed to experience life on their own. So in, or, in order for them to survive, literally, to be able to get a bank account, to be able to right. have enough resources, they had to attach themselves to a man. Women couldn't even get checkbooks or credit cards. No. And my <laughs> mama talks about that all the time. Because I, I, I was watching, I want to say I was watching a show and they were talking about that. And I was like, mom, was it really like that? She's like, yes, it was. Like you literally could not have your own bank account unless your father or your husband was on it. And even if you tried to do, if a woman tried to do transactions, you know, without them knowing about it, they had to notify them. They, they, they typically notified them, the husband or whomever, the, the man on the account of what was going on. So there was never really any room for them to have any money or any agency when it comes to their finances of their own. And that's really messed up. But I feel like for a lot of people, being attached to a, a spouse in that regard was a means of survival. And we're now at a point where that's not necessary anymore. So I think we're starting to see people really reevaluate what does marriage mean to me? What is it what what is marriage? You know, does it does it make sense for me to get involved with someone and then legally attach ourselves together. What are we, what are we protecting? Cause for some people, I think the companionship is really all that they want. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're someone who's successful and again, can take care of yourself for the most part. You don't need to, you're not financially reliant on anyone else. Two people coming together like that, they're healthy and they, they, and I say they've done the work because we, we all have trauma, we all have issues, um, but they've done the, they've done the work, and now they want to have companionship because I, you know, humans are social creatures. We love companionship, but they don't necessarily have to be married to experience that. Exactly, exactly. Well, you know what, and, and I want to kind of go back to what you were saying about, um, you know, the you're in care of your father than in care of your husband. Mm -hmm. And when we think about these anti-LGBTQI plus laws, Mm -hmm. a lot of the right and conservative talking points is danger and grooming. Now, danger, a drag queen reading you a book is dangerous, but a protester outside a library with an AR-15 mm. protesting a, a drag brunch or drag re- a drag queen reading at a library is not dangerous. Another talking point, like I said, is grooming. Mm-hmm. We're just being gay. We're automatically labeled as pedophiles or groomers, yeah. right? But we don't say anything like you said. These fathers and these families were grooming their daughters to be married off soon when they turn 18. And if you think about it, a lot of these, when when you see these people, these young people that are like, yeah, we got married when we was 18 and 19. Oh, that started when you was 12, 13, 14. So let's really talk about like who's grooming who. Straight people. It's it's wildly (laughs) hypocritical. It's it's very (laughs) hypocritical. And Straight people are constantly grooming us in the media. From a t- from, they they will they will see a four year old boy, and they'll say, "Oh my God, he's going to be a lady killer, or he's going to have how many girlfriends do you have?" Like they're asking a little kid, a, a baby, 
you know, how many girlfriends he has, a child. And you're saying that gay people are grooming kids. You're the one sexualizing. They, they sexualize kids all the time all in the media, the on social they find media. A way. It's it, it and, and it's almost upsetting, right? Like, especially when you think about queer representation in media. It's always what about the kids? What about the kids? What about the kids? First off, a lot of these shows aren't made for children, so children shouldn't be watching them, right? And right. if your child is watching it, you need to look inward to call from inside the house. Okay. Don't say it should not be on TV. Right. If you don't want your kids to watch it, <laughs> you need to regulate what your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. Because you're the it's parent. Just, you can do that. You're the parent. <laughs> you're the parent, right? And like you said, like, everything has been grooming us towards heterosexuality. Mm-hmm. Everything. From the day we were born. Yeah. And it's a whole other conversation when you talk about how how girls are raised. They're, they give girls dolls to play with because they want to teach them to be mothers. That And, and the fact that like little boys are, are told to be Casanovas, little girls are told to like stop being fast. Mm-hmm. So that it's double like, standard. The, the double standard. But like it's, it's just, it's wild shit. And a lot of it, if people really wanted to, it would make sense. A lot of this is not rocket science. Mm-mm. It's not something that's two nuances that you can't comprehend from like what's hypocrisy and what's right and what's wrong. Kids a lot of people just that. don't want to. Yeah, kids pick up on it all the time. They're always asking questions like, why can't I do this? Or why, sh- why, should I- why shouldn't I be allowed to do this? That's unfair. And they're making excellent points. Yes, it is unfair. Oh, kid, kid oh, baby. Kids are how you speechless and stumped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And you know what? I wish if I was if, if I was able to go back in time and like talk to my very younger self, I would question everything as mm. respectfully as, as possible. Because we know sometimes respect, you know, sounds like disobedience to some parents. Yes. Okay, I was going to ask you that. Do you ever remember growing up during your childhood where there was there ever a period where you found yourself very inquisitive? but you were encouraged by your caregivers or the, any, any adults around you to not ask questions or just to not worry about that or so not yes be so no. inquisitive? So, so yes or no. So I was a very curious and inquisitive child, but part of this was young Eva, uh, ego and uh, me being naive. I didn't ask adult stuff. I knew I had the, the resources and access to go do do stuff and find out what means what, mm-hmm. you know, what everything means. But I will say um, one specific parent, I just knew if I had any questions about anything, I could not go to them mm-hmm. at all um, just by interactions and just a little bit more disclosure. Uh, like I grew up in a bowling alley um, and with any, Network, you know, work, bowling alley, you know, bingo crew, there's drama and there's mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, grown ass people would go to my parents and say, Oh, I heard Johnny's gay. Oh, he's gay. Oh, we need to take him back to the West Side, to, uh, throw him out there in the hood and toughen him up. And mind you, this started at the age of three or four, right? So for one, <sighs> Why are grown people worried about a child and won't let children be children? But I think what was what was really detrimental for me, one parent in specific, mm-hmm. would bring this up to me, but it was never, it was always why are they saying that and not you protecting me or checking them when they said it. Exactly. And I think to this day, I think as I got older, that's why I started pulling away from my parents because even to this day to some extent I don't trust them and I don't trust them with knowing who I am fully because to this day I don't think they've earned that and they haven't shown that they care enough to know who I am because with my family there's a lot of like get over it 
or like stop crying or like it's not that big of an issue. And I'm a person that like, no, I like to confront things head on. If I want to be in relation with you, I need to be open to honest. I need to feel safe telling you, telling you things. And if not, then I'm not going to be in relation with you. And I told my dad recently, well, last year, that we we were having issues with boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for parents to look at adult kids as adult kids. They always mm-hmm. want to meet us as that child and not meet us as an adult. So I was setting these boundaries. And yes, boundaries are for me. But depending on what it is, a lot of boundaries are to save you. My father doesn't have good vision. My father is almost 80 years old, right? Remotely healthy. So one of my boundaries is if you're driving, do not FaceTime me or call me. You need to pay attention. My father can barely see when the sun is setting driving. Don't, Don't get on the phone with me. And for a long time, he would constantly... FaceTime me or call me while he's driving. We had to come to Jesus last year. Now, I'm like, these are my boundaries. Like, these are to help you. Yeah. And it's also to, I would, God forbid something happened while I'm on FaceTime with you, right? And I thought we were good. But recently, like two weekends ago, not only did he call me while he was FaceTiming, he called me while he was on Expressway. And then he said, well, I know one of your boundaries is for me not to FaceTime you while I'm uh, driving in the car, but blah, 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 blah. And I hung up. And he called back a day or two later, and I said, listen, I love you, but clearly you don't care about my boundaries. Right. I will, listen, I will end and sever any relationship that I'm in right now for my boundaries, including you. So, like, the ball's in your car, homie. (laughs) And I hate that I had to be that stern with my father. Mm -hmm. But I need sanity. I need peace. I need rest, like I said earlier. And whoever has to be removed from my orbit, so be it. So be it. And it makes me sad sometimes because when we think about marriage and partnering, I don't trust my family enough to bring partners around or talk about what I'm going through with any partners. I don't have that trust with them. And yeah. it makes me sad. For the longest time, listen, I I wanted to have three kids, three boys. I knew what all three of their names were going to be. Aww. I had Pinterest boards of like what my wedding and my reception would be. And as wow. I got older, older, a few things happened. Like, do I be married to these men? Because men, niggas, I don't know. We down bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> two, when I think about what I want love to look like and what love needs to be for me to feel it and for me to be trustworthy enough to express it, it doesn't involve kids as trophies. Because when I that's what they were for me. I wanted three kids to say I had Ooh. three kids. And yes. I and, and I hid it under the guise of I want I want to be the as good of a father to them as my father was to me when I was growing up. In hindsight, that was bullshit. I wanted them as trophies to say I had kids. Two, when I think about how broke I am now, and thinking about the economy of weddings, I'm mm-hmm. like, do I really want to spend twenty, to, well, ten to fifty thousand dollars for some other people to eat some cake and watch me kiss a nigga in a pretty, <laughs> in some pretty, you know, tuxedos and take a few pictures, or do I want to invest that in a house or a loft or a condo mm-hmm. or in my partner in adoption of a child? And I don't yeah. think, you know. I want to do that anymore. I don't even, honestly, I don't even know if I want to get married anymore. I want the option. Yes. And all and, and all it, it, it brings and all its mm-hmm. benefits. But I don't know if I want to get married. And if I were, and, and who knows, I may meet an amazing person 
what that, that marriage would look like as far as the process would be vastly different. I hate to quote or reference a Sex in the City movie. <laughs> but honestly, at this point, it would literally be waking up, no proposal. That's so cringy. Do not propose. Get off your get off your knee. Like wake up like, hey, we should go to City Hall, get married. Put on some nice clothes, get married, and then go like get some wings from our favorite spot. Or go to a diner and eat. And then maybe have like a dinner with close friends. Like, hey, we got married this morning. And that's it. Simple. I don't even know if I would want to want to go on a honeymoon. Because I feel like that also plays into capitalism. But I'm I just going to say that. Okay, we're on the same page. Yeah, it, it plays into <laughs> capitalism. It plays into, like, you should travel the world. Like, why aren't you traveling the world? Um, it just plays into a lot of a lot of stuff. Listen, a honeymoon for me, give me, like, two weeks off work, and we just chilling, eating in a bed, watching movies, showering every other day. You know, like, that's yeah, honeymoon yeah. enough for me. So yeah, it's just it's it's all different. But again, let me have that option to go to City Hall in every state. Right. right. People want the like you say, have to have the option and the ability to say that I can legally and legally attach myself to this person and be protected, you know, so that I if something does happen to one of us, you know, our assets are protected. Mm-hmm. I can see this person in the emergency room, if they're, you know, in a hospital, I can be that person with them, you know, that, cause, cause you, cause, cause you are that person when you, when you, when you're, when you're in that relationship with that person, you are their person and you're the closest person that they, that they have. And I can't, I think, I can't think of how many times I've seen examples of, uh, families who don't support their queer, um, family members find themselves, coming into the hospital and demanding that this person be the, the, the person's um, uh, boyfriend or girlfriend, whomever they're in a relationship with be removed because they're not legally that supposed to be there. Like I honestly, that's almost bringing me to tears because like you said, that's happened so many times. I had a friend um, who was partnered for eight years and their partner passed away in natural causes. And mm immediately when they when he found they, that uh, his partner passed away his partner's family was there okay you gotta go wasn't able to see his body Oops. wasn't able to go to a memorial and that happens so so often and it's a lot of it like like we're talking about now are laws and rights to our, our partners, our spouses. But it's also family bullshit. And mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine being with somebody for so long and my family seemingly approving of it or okay with it because they never had any issues. Like, right. they weren't hateful. They would go to each other's family's houses all the time, every holiday. But soon when they passed away, it's like the religion kicked in. Like, okay, well, thanks for holding my son down for, for eight, nine years. Uh, I hope you're well. And that was it. And all, didn't get any asset. He literally had to hide things just to remember his partner. Family came in and took everything. Do you like horror movies, like Halloween and the Blair Witch? Well, if you're like me and you do, you should join me and listen to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, where they discuss and review horror movies and horror movie franchises. If you're not listening to the Haddonfield Horrors podcast, you're definitely missing out. See, what kills me is that's just an example of a family tolerating it. What about those families that are so hateful so that when the person does die... They just they come in there and they pounce and remove the partner from the from from the um, from everything from having access to their to their shared life. Deny the partner of any memories of that person, and then like you didn't even care about this person all these years when they were in this relationship exactly. with this person. So where are you coming from? 
Because you don't even truly love this person. The partner was the one who was there during the ups and the downs all these years. your shit that you left them with. All the trauma you... Okay. (laughs) And then, like, it's so wild because (laughs) even if you are legally married, the -hmm. family will fight you tooth and nail. Yeah. (laughs) Tooth and nail. And then by the time it's always like, I give up. I give up. You know? And you hate to reduce your loved one down to money and material material things things. but what you're not going to do is come here and take money and material things that we built together right (laughs) like you're not and no it's not about I, i can imagine being in love with someone so long and then them passing away and then just their family being like, all you want is the, their money. No. Because truth be told, I had access to their money while they was alive. Truth be right. told. Now, I may have my own money. Like, exactly. So don't act like this was some transactional shit. It's not. You're making it transactional. But doesn't that just go to show you how marriage has previously been looked upon? Yeah, transactional. It just, it's just transactional. Because that's immediately where they and go. Grooming. That's immediately where they go to. In grooming. <laughs> And group. <laughs> I don't know. It's I sick. just again the the freedom, the option. Love mm-hmm. how you want. Get married. Go to city hall if you want. Just just love. All this is just rem- it's just making it so hard to just love somebody mm-hmm. because even laws that don't exactly um, challenge marriage equality are still around to make you not even want to get married. No free health care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> so, like, you know, job security, unemployment rates, abortion bans, mm-hmm. like, even for the, the people who date interracially, it's like, if I was a white person, I'm like, do I want to fall in love with a black person? Because they got it real bad. Like, why would I even want to get married? You know, I'm sure that like, thought crosses their mind. I'm sure it does. I mean, it does. It does. <laughs> I'm sure it does. So it's like, even everything is just built to pull any type of marriage that isn't heteronormative, cis, apart. Mm-hmm. And I wish, for lack of better words, motherfuckers would just mind their business, including this trash-ass government. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I couldn't have said it any better, honestly. I just want people to be able to live their lives with the people that they love and and be protected and allowed to do so. You know, it's like in every meaning of the word. And then it's like, aren't there common law marriage laws? Yeah. It's like, you don't Um, want us to get married, but like there's also straight people who have like common law marriage, which is like not real marriage. Like, what the fuck y'all want? <laughs> right. It's like, it's funny how they'll have they'll have certain rules that apply to a situation, and oh, it's considered a common law marriage. They, even though they're not legally married, but because they live together in this in this residence for so many years, that's recognizing them as being married because they. They were invested in each other's lives because they stayed together all these years in this particular residence. It's like little things like that, yeah. and it's like, okay, well, can can the same thing apply to two people in the same of the same sex? Right. Because they li- literally live exactly the same way. You know, they're living together. Although I have different, I have a a, a very different perspective on how I want to be married because I'm starting <laughs> to think that since I got into my own place now. I like my house. I like the way my house is. I like that space. I don't think I want no man living here with me. (laughs) You know, I feel the energy. I, I have, I have a a vision of like a dream loft that I'm going to get. It's a few Mm -hmm. million dollars. Not sure I'm gonna get it, but I like space, but I kind of want a nigga like, come up with sometime. So maybe like having a space where I cannot see you for a little bit 
Mm-hmm. But that's also goes to like who we partner with, right? Because yeah. I don't know if just your mere presence could annoy me without you doing something in my presence that annoys me. Like, I mean, it's one thing if like you clean up behind yourself, you, you're not loud, you're respectful and considerate of people's spaces and things, mm-hmm. and then you just being there. I may see you a lot, but I'm not going to be like, I wish you would leave. It's another thing if, like, you were dirty, motherfucker, and <laughs> you eat all the food. Yeah. It's different, right? So I, I think I would I would want to live with my partner, but I would definitely make sure there's, like, we have our own, like, Space. sacred spaces in that yeah. place that only we can go into. And okay. then just being able to communicate to your partner, this is out of love. This is not out of hate or fire. I really want some alone time. Could we figure out how to do that? There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with saying that. But a lot of times, you know, a lot of us get passive aggressive. Right. And just try to hint to people. <laughs> and that's that's definitely something that I was I've been working on because it's it's just better to be clear and direct and tell people, people hey. Off. Like yeah. there's no way for you to stop from pissing people off. Right. <laughs> and that's just don't avoid communication. I you you giving me something to think about because I I've wondered if if that would be feasible live being married to somebody but living in separate residence or it's a term for that like lat living a term for it? or like like it's like living together apart it's a term mm. for it yeah so like married people who don't live with each other and I and I know that there are couples like that. Um, I just, because my mom, I told my mom that before. She just looks at me like I'm crazy. It's like, why would you get married to somebody if you don't want to live with them? I'm like, do you enjoy living with dad all the time? <laughs> Let's be honest. Because <laughs> um, there were there was a period of time where dad was working out of town. And y'all seem to be really, really enjoying that. But um, right. I'm not going to get into that, though. I'm not going to tell all their business. But. I do think that maybe that's something I should, I should talk to my therapist about. Like, why do I need to? Why do I feel the need to just have my own space to myself? Because I don't be wanting nobody in my house sometimes. Well, well, I also think it's different, right? I, if let's say I bought my dream loft and I was in there for like two or three years, made it my own, mm-hmm. and then I met some amazing person, and then we date for a few years. I'm like, okay, are you moving in, or are we gonna find a place together? I think it's a little. Yeah, like, I think like moving someone into your place and then making it both of y'all place mm-hmm. is one thing, but like buying a place together, I think is another thing. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review and a rating on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Also, follow us on Twitter at Letters to Media and on Instagram at Letters underscore Podcast. Do you like supporting local business? How about Black-owned local business? Or even better, a Black female-owned local business? Well, if you do, we have the perfect business for you. Black Forward Clothing, Inc., a new clothing brand owned and designed by Mercedes Scott. They have an array of affordable clothes such as t-shirts, jackets, hoodies, joggers, and even a face mask. So you can fight COVID in style. They say true to their slogan, it's more than a name, it's a power movement. By pushing their brand to bring awareness to mental health and anti-hate. So support the movement by supporting the brand. You can find a link for the store in the description below. That's a good point because I've always heard um, women talking about you know, whenever a woman has gotten married to a man who was previously married and she moved into the house that he previously shared with his first wife, mm-hmm. um, they always will say, that's never going to feel like your home because that was not a house that you were involved in decorating or, you know, right. picking out. So it's best to try and find a place, a new space together. Yeah. And or I, just like I think- get all new furniture, paint, mm-hmm. repaint them walls and just mm-hmm. get some sage. <laughs> Okay, yeah, definitely get the sage. Especially if you can't afford it, right? Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, affordability. You know, we, we talk about, you know, having these very um, amazing and creative ideas on how we can 
share a space together, but do we have the means to do that? Yeah, you know, some, some people, I mean, like, if if my loft is paid for, no rent, no mortgage, no lease, mm-hmm. and we're getting married, or you're moving in, yes, please move in. Because I don't want to get a new place, and now we got a brand new bill. Right. So that, that does make sense. I feel like there's, it, to each its own, it's a very different way that you should think about moving in with a partner or partner moving in with you. I feel like, again, the love is going to win and we'll work it out some way or another. Right. Because you know. you're, you're combining a life, two lives together, but you're creating a new life, a shared life, I should say. You're creating a shared life going forward. And, you know, I think you all have to have discussions about what that's going to look like. It's Especially important. when kids I, come into in play. Because you yeah. never don't want to live apart with some kids. <laughs> Unless that it's could be unfortunately like divorce. But like being married yeah. and living apart, nah. And see, I've thought about that too. Because I was, I, I, my thought was, okay, I'm going to have me a nice, nice, a, a nice big house. My husband's going to have a place for himself. I don't mind the kids living with me because I'm probably going to end up being the more um, paternal, maternal, whatever you want to call it, parent anyway, because that's just my nature. But that's not necessarily fair to the kids, is it? I don't know. What is that going to look like? What would that look like? It's such like you say. It's it work. It can work for divorce. Obviously, it has to work for when, when families when couples divorce. But is that a weird setup to have? I You're... think it's very interesting. <laughs> I I personally probably wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know, listen, put it down that therapy uh, to do list. Yeah, I gotta add that to my. I gotta talk to my therapist about why oh, why I, I feel I so got, strongly about this. I got, <laughs> listen, I have sticky notes for just for my therapist, and um, I actually uh, my I asked my therapist to give me homework assignments. Mm, I should probably start doing that because my therapist was giving me homework assignments earlier in our journey, but that kind of changed and shifted. But I miss doing that because it was always so much fun and I love challenging myself outside of, you know, that space that I have with my therapist. But yeah, it's it's interesting because like, Mm -hmm. I'm not old, but like you think about people who are, who have been in relationships for 50 years that just recently was able to get married Mm -hmm. and now it's like you all may not have much time left with each other and now the government's like I don't know the assets that y'all got I don't know you might have to run them (laughs) right 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 right. (laughs) and that just makes me so sad but it's like I've always found it really amazing that in spite of not being allowed to be married Cup, queer couples still found a way to be together. Yeah, you know, and that happened. that whenever I see stories about that or see pictures of couples from the last century, um, queer couples, it, it always just brings tears to my eyes because I'm like, love does win. You it know, always has. love will it find will find a way. Um, There's a book. I don't remember the author. It's a coffee table book. I have it behind me, but it's uh-huh. called Queer Love. It's a beautiful book. It's just queer okay. couples. Um, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like a yellow book. Like the majority of the cover is yellow. It's mm-hmm. type in queer love. It's beautiful. And just queer love. Story. It's not just like young people. It's older people, non-binary people, men. Oh, yes. I need that. It's, it's, very, it's very good. Also, another book. I'm not sure if you read it yet, but it's called uh, Black on Both Sides. Mm-mm, I haven't heard of that one. Oh, so it's it's a a black trans book. I wear that sentence co- completely wrong. So it's the history of black transness throughout mm-hmm. like the beginning of time. But what's so interesting in that book, it talks about marriage. It talks about slavery and then the history of gynecology then it goes into like the history of transness as it relates to people of color specifically black people and channel uh slavery so it's a really really good book i'm definitely gonna have to check that out two days ago 
Okay, you got me adding oh, these to my know. Amazon book list. <laughs> on my um, my uh, my vision board. Uh, okay, is to read two books uh, a month. Okay, mainly because I just I want I need inspiration. I want to hear more stories from us. I need more knowledge, but also I have a queue of about seventy five books I would just buy and collect. So, yeah. and then I have yeah. an Amazon list of like 40 books. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'm also going to start giving books away. Okay. I mean, that's how you, you share knowledge. So Exactly. Yeah. And have great conversations. And Especially I'll those def- banned books that are banned Ooh. for whatever reason. I read, last year I read a banned book. Um, George is it, Johnson's? Um, yes, 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 yes. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, it was so good. Amazing. All Boys Are yeah. Blue. All boys, that's the one I read, All Boys Aren't Blue. And that was, like, life-changing for me because I think we had very similar experiences growing up as yeah. queer, um, non-binary, um, identifying people. You know what's and another it, good book while we're on top of the book? Especially mm-hmm. when it comes to growing up queer and um, when we talk about marriage and equality, there's a book... It's two books. They're right behind it. I remember names. One is, uh, ooh, 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 hold on, hold on. Punch Me Up to God. Amazing okay. memoir. Amazing memoir about a, uh, okay. Yeah, a young black gay man uh, throughout his life. Oh, and uh, a book by Daniel Black called Don't Cry for Me. I have read that book three or four times. I'm pretty sure four times in the last year. It touched me so deeply. I read the book. No, no, no. I listened to the book first, and then I bought the book, the physical book, read it twice, and then it's on my iPad, too. But this is a book, and I'm not even sure if it's a... I think it's like it's semi-autobiographical, but... Mm -hmm. It's about the author's relationship with their dying father. And basically what it is, it's from the father's point of view. The father wrote all these letters to his queer son mm-hmm. about like what, like how he raised them and things he did wrong and how he mishandled his queer son when he knew his son was queer. It had me in tears, but definitely get that. Don't cry, don't cry for me by Daniel Black. Okay, I definitely I just added it to my um to my list so you gave me a bunch of books i'm definitely i'm looking forward to checking out this one more thing if you Mm -hmm. there's an app called i don't don't know if it's pronounced libby or libby but it's l-i-b-b-y if you have a public library card Mm -hmm. you attach that to the app in your account the app and what you can do is it's a way you can reserve books from your library from your phone but you also can uh for free download the audiobooks and oh. even though it's weird because audio so you should have multiple copies mm-hmm. depending on how popular the the book is it may take a few weeks to get the book but you'll have the book for three weeks to listen to and i suggest books like uh punch me up to the gods and don't cry for me listen to those over reading them because it's good to hear from the author okay yeah. i'll Definitely check that out. You know, I'll probably... Um, Text me. I got a whole bunch of books. Okay. <laughs> and I think this will be great for me during um, LGBT History Month. Yes. I could probably devote some time to that then. Um, and then maybe even talk about that. Yes. Share that with everyone. Especially, I think Don't Cry For Me is a really good conversation to have out loud. Awesome. Okay, so let's see. We talked about a lot of stuff. <laughs> we had a great right, conversation. Papa. You can get down. I know, Pop. It's almost time to walk. Do you want to leave our listeners with a final thought? Um. Yeah, love who you want to love. Uh, love wholeheartedly. Um, just love, man. Like, be curious. Ask questions. Don't take things for face value. Right. Um, go to where you are loved, where you are fully loved. Mm-hmm. Fuck white supremacy. 
Okay. Um, yeah, just just love. And love yourself. Whatever, whatever that looks like. And I'm not talking about this whole like oh self-care Sunday. Let me get a Manny and Patty, which also works because I love a Manny and Patty. I love a good Manny. Well, like, <laughs> like self-care and self-love isn't all smiles and full bellies and fellowship. Like mm-hmm. be willing to cry and be upset and and challenge yourself and challenge other people. That's the ultimate self-care, right? Because I can't, if I can't have an open relationship with someone that I I love and a a hard conversation with someone I love, Mm -hmm. it don't make a difference if my toes are pretty (laughs) and I got a massage and I made, and I had some wings for my favorite wings, wings five, you know? So yeah, get down and dirty, give yourself some grace. That's what I'm working on. That's what I've always been working on. But give yourself some grace and just know if you are alive, things get hard, but you have always made it through. You have always made it through. So, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much for joining us today, Johnny. I really enjoyed this conversation. I don't be doing shit. Just just let me know when you want to talk again. (laughs) Okay, well, we'll definitely have to have you back on soon. Should we do an intro?